Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. What is going on? Happy Monday. It is September 19th. I'm Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel down in the Sunshine State. Back from Birmingham, we are two guys named Chris. A lot to get to today. Hassel, real quick, uh, I like to prep for your games and live vicariously yeah. through you. Where are we at this week? Oh, my God. This is back-to-back weeks, Chris, where I've got a team that uh, just had a coach get fired because that team won. So last week, Georgia Southern, I had them after they got Scott Frost fired. Yep. This week, by the way, Georgia Southern did not cover the 12 points. UAB That was by a 14. trick. That was a trick yeah, point spread, right? Yeah. So this week, I've got Eastern Michigan after oh. I just got Herm Edwards fired. So Eastern Michigan, Buffalo. I had that on the rundown. It's like the last thing. Look, we actually do rundowns here on the show. Why did they ever hire Herm Edwards in the first place? Like, that was, like, there's two. I mean, it was just kind of swinging for the fences. You know, it, either it works great or it fails miserably, oh. and it failed miserably. What an awful fit yeah. in that that blows up in Arizona State's face. They should be good at football. That's one of those schools where it's like, you know, with that Phoenix, and but nobody really cares there. Uh, weird deal. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Thanks to Fairway. We were just talking about our love for meat before we came on the air here. Love that meat. Love the meat. The Fairway meat and grocery. We had some sickness going through the house, so we didn't get to tailgate on Friday night last week. But I'm going up this Friday. Huge game, Iowa State and Baylor, mm. and I'll be doing my tailgate Friday night at the camper. I, first stop I always make, I unload the camper and I drive over to the Fairway Meat Market in Ames. It's the old Wallabies. If, uh, if folks don't know, the, the old Wallabies was like this iconic restaurant in Ames, and Fairway Meat Market sits exactly in that spot right now. Shout out to them for sponsoring two guys named Chris. I got to make a point here. And I'm certainly not an Iowa fan anymore, but I feel like I'm more invested than you are. You didn't stay up until no. the end of that game. I'm I stayed sorry, up. And I watched the last minute of that game. There's the other no night. way. I mean, what, what, what was it? 17 nothing at the third weather delay. It was – I'm working on Eastern time. Yeah, it that, was that's like – yeah. one in the morning. I had called a game earlier in the day. I had consumed all the football I could consume. It was clear that Iowa was going to win easily. I, I didn't think there was any reason to stay up. But so then I, I, I wake up the next morning and I drive from Birmingham to Atlanta to the airport and I pull up my phone and I thought I had the game recorded on my YouTube TV so I could just watch the end of it, see what happened there. So I, I, I pull up like the box score and I pull up an article uh, that just kind of goes line by line uh, throughout the game, different things that are happening. And the article says, five minutes left in the game, Alex Padilla enters. That's in incorrect. Yeah. In fact, so in fact I made the joke. Happen. I made the joke live on Twitter. I said, this would be epic if Ferentz would put Padilla in now when nobody's watching. <laughs> well, apparently, I, I got a uh, I, I got a, a photo from somebody else on Twitter that said that toward the end of the game, Padilla finally put his helmet on. Oh no! Uh, Petrus had the headset on, 
but time ran out and they never got on the field. That might be as close as we get to Spencer Petras uh, wearing a headset and Alex Padilla getting in the game this season. But I, I mean, I, I didn't miss any. You, you can't learn much of anything. No, you're right. From a game like that. Nevada, I'm not sure if a lot of people realize how bad Nevada is because you just see the record, 2-1, and one, whatever. Two horrible teams they beat. I think it was Texas, either Texas Southern or Texas State, both horrible. And the other one was New Mexico State, which New Mexico State's probably 131 out of 131. They're uh, right there with Iowa and on all the offensive stats. Correct. Yeah, they're yes. the school they, that's like right they there with somehow, the Hawks. They somehow average more yards than Iowa. Iowa's still in last, by the way, despite the offensive explosion. And then I think it's New Mexico State. But Nevada, I, I, I think that, so they're 2-2 two and two now. They might win. They might win one more game. I, I, would, I would put the ceiling at 2. There's some bad teams in the Mountain West this year. You could, they could maybe get Hawaii. Hawaii's terrible. Colorado Horrible. State, awful, awful. And Nevada is right there with them. They are a really bad team. So it's, you know, you, you have to preface everything. And I think, I think the majority of people get it. Matt Millen didn't get it. Or Matt, if he if he did get it, he didn't care because he was, I, I've. He, he was, was coming the PR at your ass. Firm. He was he coming was at your PR ass. firm for Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz, and and Spencer Petrus. That was I couldn't take any more of it. That's one of the reasons I went to bed. I could not take any more of it. Yeah, he like he's like cursing at guys like you at one if point. You, if you think this is a Spencer <laughs> Petrus problem, that's a you problem. It's not Spencer Petrus. This offense is great. This quarterback is great. You see it right now. Look, yo, you might say Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. If you say Nevada, you don't know football. What? It is Nevada. One could take one quick look at Matt Millen's resume and claim that he doesn't know much football either. <laughs> just, just, just saying. I, oh, okay. it, it was a little bit. And I, I, as, as a as a play by play guy, I I get it to an extent because it as act- an announced crew going into games, yeah. I, and, and networks really want you to do this too. Keep it positive, you know. Don't don't take you, a you huge can hit dump. on some negative things, yeah. But you really want to try to pump the teams up. You 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 had conversations with both schools, but that was a little bit thick. I'm sorry. Well, that ended up just a conspiracy theory, but like clearly Millen knew how much heat mm-hmm. that Iowa offense has been under, and he almost wondered too. It's like. Why was he so defensive, right? Like, what had he been hearing? Like, that was what came through my mind. And, like, why is he cursing at the fan base for being upset with literally the worst offense we've seen in college football in quite some time? Why do you think that is? I'm wondering if they weren't talking about it behind the scenes is where I I came to. I mean, clearly – like, I know how you guys, you know, the, right. I'm sure that the Ferences are like, yeah, it's been a tough week. Millen's mm-hmm. a football guy, right? Like, those guys all get right. really defensive together. Right, yeah. Been in this long enough where these coaches, yeah. man, they're crazy. And Millen is always going to take the side of a coach in any capacity because that's what those old school guys do. But regardless, you guys went at 27 to nothing. Petrus 
Not impressive in 14 for 26. He did have 175 yards. Um, I hope Millen isn't listening to two guys named Chris because if he hears you say that Petrus wasn't impressive, he's going to come there and just smack the shit. Well, it, a lot of it, though, was the same stuff, like just bad misses. Now, the positive, it did help to have Reganey back for sure because, mm-hmm. you know, he gets that one 46-yard pass play. And I don't think Iowa had a receiver last week against Iowa State that was even capable of getting behind a secondary like that which I guess he didn't really do too much on that play. But, you, you know, I, I, I do think it helps definitely to have Regani and Keegan Johnson back, although Keegan Johnson only had two receptions for 11 yards. But you're of the opinion, Hassel, that we really can't take anything from this offensive explosion, I believe, to quote you. Yes, but there there is a caveat, I think. While Nevada is horrible and – 99% of teams shouldn't take anything that they do against a team like that away and a fan base shouldn't feel great about you know what this offense did against that horrible team I will say this the Iowa situation is so messed up I mean it's a it's a nutcase offensively from Petrus to Brian Ferentz, to Kirk Ferentz. Mm -hmm. And I think that this might actually help them more than it should (laughs) because they they were so scared to throw the ball down the field. You get a bad team in there. You finally throw the ball down the field. What happens next play? You break a long run for a touchdown. You get some guys out of the box. You start throwing it down the field. Even if it's not completed, it's good. You have to do it. And I think Petrus is is so messed up mentally. And Kirk Ferentz has always kind of had that where he's afraid. He's afraid to do things until he thinks there's a chance it might work. And I think this kind of game, even though it's against a horrible team, and Iowa didn't look great offensively, I think that they actually might convince themselves because of this performance that maybe they aren't as screwed up as they as they actually are, and this might help them moving forward. Whether it's throwing the ball downfield a little bit more, having a little bit more faith in Spencer Petrus, Petrus having a little bit more faith in himself. Look, they can say all they want how much faith they have in Spencer Petras. It's clear that they don't have it when they're calling plays because they're not letting him throw the ball down the field. They're going to claim it's the offensive line isn't blocking for him. I think it's because they won't throw the ball down the field. And so there's no way, you know, there's, you can't run it. So the offensive line looks terrible that way. And when they are going to pass it, it's an obvious passing down and they're coming after you. Throw it down the field, which that's what they did. Give defenses a little something to think about. Now, and now the obvious question, too, because we look ahead to this week, and we'll talk more about this game. Iowa is favored by 7.5 against Rutgers. The number in that game, well, last I saw it was 35. It opened up at 34.5 at some books. And I've never seen a total under 35. I think that might be the lowest one. I've ever seen two. Rutgers is really good defensively. Greg Schiano is clearly a defensive guy. Uh, we we know about his background. Um, 
reality comes back this week for the Iowa offense, though? Because, I mean, look at Iowa State, and their numbers are skewed because they played Iowa. But the, yes. the Cyclones are seventh nationally in scoring defense, <laughs> fifth nationally in yards per play. And Iowa's right there in the top five in those categories, too. But my point is you saw what the Iowa offense was able to do against Iowa State. Now you get Reganey and Johnson back, which is a plus. Uh, but I, I just think the one thing you know going into this Rutgers game where Iowa's a comfortable favorite is that Shiano will have a hell of a game plan, right? Like th- it's going to get much more – things will ramp right back up here. Now Rutgers sucks on offense too. They're mm. they're really, really bad. They might be the second worst offensive team in the Big Ten. They were pathetic against Temple last week. Almost lost. And Temple's terrible. Yes. Temple's really, really terrible. Like they're – Really, really bad. I'm telling you, Chris, I, something tells me that Iowa was so mentally fragile offensively that this game is going to give them get right a false sense of, wow, we can do it. And it's actually going to help them. It, it, it's going to help them break through this barrier. That's what I think. I, I, I think that you're going to see them throwing the ball down the field more because of what we saw against Nevada. Now, I I don't want to hear how great Petrus was throwing it down the field and that receivers need to catch. He was rifling 45-yard deep balls. So what quarterbacks will tell you is, good quarterbacks, good analysts will tell you this. When you're throwing a deep ball to the end zone, you, you want to put... So like that should have been a pick. It? That should have been a pick. Matt just showed the play that was, to Regani. Yeah. That, should have, a, that would have been a pick against any other FBS team in the country. So there was a throw to the end zone that was incomplete where Petrus had a receiver open. And it was a 45-yard throw. And what quarterbacks will tell you is you want to put arc on that so the ball tops out and then comes down like almost straight down. Petrus lasered it. Like It was almost a flat line. Those are really hard to catch and also easily tippable for the defense, and it doesn't give you much breathing room. And the announcers were saying that it should have been caught and all that, and maybe it still should have been caught. But put some touch on the ball. I mean, you just rifled that thing 45 yards. You don't throw lasers like that. You loft it in there. And make it a lot easier for the receiver to catch. I still think there's major problems. I'm just saying, I well, think a lot of the problems are mental with the quarterback and the coaching staff, and that this is going to allow them to break that mental barrier a little bit and become a little bit more confident, uh, uh, competent, I should say. Here's a good stat for you from Chad Leistico from the Des Moines Register. Uh, I'm reading straight from his column from, I guess, Sunday morning. The Hawkeyes didn't attempt a single pass that traveled more than 20 yards last week against Iowa State. They attempted seven in the first half alone against Nevada. So it See, shows that's what I'm talking about. It shows that they're trying. And 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 they'll say, well, the offensive line was playing better. It allowed us to – the offensive line was playing better because you took some chances deep. You opened up the run game. You could run the football. And then you gave yourself some confidence that this team's so bad, we can throw it downfield. Petrus can maybe complete 55% of his passes instead of 45%. Um, now, I, I know Rutgers is going to be a, 
a different ball game because Shiano's a good coach and they have a good defense. I actually think this is a game that Iowa's going to get, you know, even with Spencer Petras playing the way he has. Because um, if you don't get this, I mean, what are you going to get? Rutgers is, is, is one of the worst teams on Iowa's Big Ten schedule. And, I, you With know, it's, it's not like they're going into a hostile environment. Probably them, Nebraska, and Northwestern at this point. Boy, that, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about Nebraska anymore. I, I, that I game mean, scared me until, until what I saw last week. They're staring at another two to th- three win season. <sighs> right? I, I really thought that they would rise up and, oh, me too. and have I a chance to, to beat Oklahoma. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Frost was a good coach after all. I, I just... <laughs> That was pathetic. Did you see that they fired their defensive yeah. coordinator? That's yeah. hilarious to me. Oh, regardless, it doesn't matter. Uh, so Rutgers has a quarterback situation we need to keep an eye on as well. Their their best quarterback, their starting quarterback, has not played all year, and he's decent. He's not he's not great. Better than these other guys. They've been trotting out there. And that's a storyline going into this week. That would change things considerably, I think, as far as how – I mean, it, maybe not. I mean, Iowa's defense is so good. I can't imagine Rutgers scoring much on them at all. The only but team I, that has given up fewer points than Iowa this season is Georgia. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I did bet on Rutgers last night, though, at 7.5 just because – I, I, I'm just playing odds here. If the right. number is 34 and a half, and if you're getting I'm, I'm surprised more than it's a that, that high. Yeah, I, I thought it would be six and a half. Yeah, you know? I actually think it will be when this game kicks off. My guess is Rutgers gets its quarterback back, and then a bunch of people will hop on the home team. I don't know if you've read anything coming out of New Jersey, but they're expecting a sellout crowd. Like they, they th- what? Yeah, the New Why? Jersey. They're hyping it up. It's like the first night game there in however oh, many years. Okay. Like it's okay. a big. They're making it a big deal. And I, it, again, I'm just playing the odds. I actually, I think Iowa will win too. Rutgers only beating Temple by two. Like told me a lot about where that program is at mm-hmm. compared to where I maybe thought they were a couple weeks ago. But just you're playing the odds. If, if you can get over a touchdown and then the numbers at 35, like you you just throw some scratch on the points, right? But this might be uh This could be the Maryland game of last year, right? Is that th- kind of what that, you're thinking? I, that, that thought just entered my head. Because we all game, thought that East. was a trap game for Iowa, yeah. and then they went out and killed them. No, I don't think that they're going to look that good offensively, but um, I I do feel like they they think that they've solved some problems, and that's going to help them in this game. Um, I, I, I think, I think Iowa wins the game and I think they start to feel even better about Spencer Petras, whether that's a good or a bad thing moving forward. I don't know. Clearly they're not going to take him. Did you hear what Kirk Ferentz said after the game, uh, about the shutout? Which, which line? I mean, I, I read all the stuff. I didn't watch the press conference. He was saying that it's great. They got a shutout because they don't normally get them. Now, you know, a lot of times Iowa will hold a team to three or seven. Yeah. They, they, that was their first shutout since 2019. But what he said was, is that usually we don't get shutouts because we put backups in. That's a tradition here. We put backups in, and it's always been a tradition. We don't keep the starters out there in a game. 
why is it that way for the defense in every other position, but it's never that way for the quarterback? And I'm not just talking that no. game. I'm talking all throughout Ference's tenure. Year in, year out. He he w- bring in a young guy. It's because get of guys him some like you. game reps. It's because of guys like you. He doesn't want the smoke. If Padilla goes out there and lights up the world, like then it just gives guys like you more ammo to go after him. And I, I'm not blaming you. I'm telling you, I mm-hmm. think that's the psychology here. I touched on this on Friday. Like I I think anybody who's watched the game knows. That I mean, and look at what Padilla did last year. He's not listen. I don't think Alex Padilla is going to take Iowa's offense from one thirty-one to seventy-five. Like I, I don't, I do not believe that. But I, I do believe that Ference. It makes his job harder to to defend against guys like you <laughs> if he puts Padilla in there and he throws for two touchdowns, even but in I, garbage time. This goes back throughout his whole tenure, though, Chris. I mean, it's it's late season situations where you have a graduating quarterback, whether it's it's Bethard, you know, the, blowout. P- put a young guy in. You give him some opportunity to get his feet wet on the field, like Matt Campbell did last year with Deckers. Yeah, we saw get three him some game reps. Saturday names. And, and what? So why is he willing to do it with every other position except quarterback? Because we're not going to we're not going to say anything about the backup safety who gets a pick, and we're not going to criticize him for oh wow this backup safety is yeah uh, came up with a pick why isn't he starting? You're exactly right because the quarterback gets the you, conversation. Yeah, but especially you when you're one thirty-one. But I, I'm t- yes for my opinion. That's my opinion. Okay, I think that yeah. I know I'm not saying you're wrong. I think you're right. <laughs> I just it just drives me nuts. And not just that situation this week, but it's every single year where you have a chance to put a young quarter. That's a perfect position to put Joey Labus in. Yeah. No, I would have loved to have seen Labus more so than Padilla just because we haven't seen him. Yeah. But no, not happening. All right. We'll get back to the Big Ten. Iowa State beats up on Ohio uh, 43 to 10 was the final there. Kind of a statement drive to start the game where Iowa State puts the ball in the air early, marches right down the field. Really a, a, a great drive for Hunter Deckers. Hunter Deckers, you threw this stat out to me and I, I looked it up, Hassel. He's now fifth nationally, completing 74% of his passes this year. Whew. And, and that's, and that's it. He played Iowa too. You know, yeah, I, I I get I get it. He played Ohio and SEMO in the other games, but one of those games was at Kinnick Stadium against Iowa. The one thing I noted about him, there were two plays in this game that he the the amount of confidence that that young man has in his arm is really astounding. He's um, I had a guy tell me after the game, and we we've kind of touched on this here on the show. Really smart football guy. Knows Iowa State football well, who's also a huge Brock Purdy fan. I put it that way. Who's now QB two for the 49ers. We'll get to that. Tells me that, man, this is about an hour after the game, right before I'm going on post game. We would have been a lot better last year if Deckers was our quarterback. And that again, we're not disparaging Brock Purdy. We're mm-hmm. pointing out how good this guy is. 
we think. Yep. And we said it before the season. You know, and it's it's playing out kind of exactly like we thought. And Iowa State is in a perfect situation now. You you finally get that September monkey off your back if you're Matt Campbell. You you have no problems at all with inferior opponents. Blow them both out at home. You beat Iowa finally against an elite defense. Deckers leads a 99-yard drive, and that's the only touchdown. Iowa's given up this year in three games. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't care who you're playing if you're Iowa. That's an incredible stat, too. And and now you're 3-0, and and you're heading into conference play, and you've got a home game against the defending champs, the Baylor Bears. And nobody's talking about you. Yeah, nobody's you follow, voting for you. You follow the polls better than I do. I don't, I don't really pay much attention to them. What... Iowa State's not getting votes. Is that what you told me earlier? Iowa State re- was receiving votes in the AP poll last week. They are no longer. So you, you do that against Ohio and and those probably four different people. Campbell legitimately loves that too. Now, like well, this that's what you want. Yeah, this isn't like a cliche. Mm-hmm. Matt loves it's. He's a, think about it. D three guy. Okay. Toledo, so he's Mac team. He loved like one of my favorite stories is talking to Matt about when they wanted Arkansas when he was the coach at Toledo, and then they beat Iowa State with Kareem Hunt. Um, that was, in my opinion, the game that was the beginning of the end for Paul Rhodes when he lost that game to Matt Campbell at Toledo. I I feel bad saying this because there's really good players on that team last year. Watch them on Sundays. Brees Hall got his first touchdown yesterday. But I just don't know to say they weren't ready for a top ten ranking and stuff like I just don't I don't know if that's fair because you have a lot of really good players and they lost a lot of one possession games. But I do feel like everybody is more comfortable being in this underdog role, and that's a bit of a loser's mentality. I understand that, but Matt was more loose this off season during fall camp. He seemed to be enjoying it more. He generally loves that that feeling i think so i'm with you like the less they're talking about iowa state right now in my opinion the better you get baylor here's the problem and and because i think right now like it's easy to look at iowa state and go well nine and three or you know or better right if you've watched a lot of the big 12 this is a total um this is going to be a cannibalistic league, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, this year. I mean, Kansas, now I've, I noted it's been funny because we do our three games to watch every Friday, and Houston has been featured in all of mine, which is weird. Kansas wins 38-20 at Houston. Kansas is for real now. That's a bull team. There's no So, like, the, the game next week at Kansas, we all had penciled in. Iowa State's a 20-point favorite. You win mm-hmm. that game. My... You see my point. I just think this Big 12, is Iowa State good? Yes. Do they have a chance to win the Big 12? I absolutely believe that they do. But I don't believe they're head and shoulders above any of these teams on the schedule right now. Right now, if you were to say, Chris, what do you? what's your record projection? I think I would probably go to 9-3. and three. Think about that, though. What, I don't what was know their if, like, season total? Six and a half? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. Like, I would take it. I would be very happy with that. But, I, I, right, I, I think that... 
we also have to just put into context this Big 12. Not that it's the best league in college football. I'm not making that point. One through ten, though, they're all good. And is Iowa State, while they've looked very impressive in three weeks, are they head and shoulders above anybody to think that they could just run the table? Like, I I don't – or even go 11-1. I think that that's fairly – fairly difficult to say but yeah like to okay so there you go that's the negative fan of me but i'm thrilled i think you get baylor at a great spot i like iowa state this weekend i think baylor is having issues with their young quarterback i don't know how much confidence there is right now i think he's going to be a lot better on november 5th than he is in september 24th i think the crowd's going to be on fire um but yeah, I just I look down the schedule. There isn't a single game that Iowa State can't win, but man, there's not one that they can't lose either. So I, I think that this is going to be a really stressful but fun year for Iowa State fans. Yeah, and when looking at the rest of the Big Twelve, I mean, there's some teams that are starting to to prove some things. I mean, Kansas is is receiving votes in the AP poll. Are they? Really? I don't know what that line would be right now, but Kansas is receiving 20 plus votes in the AP poll. I, they would be the, they'd land around 30th right now. The the power ratings. I looked at yesterday, which would have been before Saturday, had Iowa State as a 10-point favorite against Kansas. So I'm guessing that'll drop to about a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Six, seven points, Iowa State would be favored in that game. And I know it's Nebraska, but that was a tough spot last week for Oklahoma going in there. It, it, kind of a hornet's nest, a, a team that just fired their coach. You don't know what you're going to get. You fall behind 7 nothing. What do you do? You score 49 straight points and just slap them. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams we don't know that much about yet. Oklahoma State, I don't know. I mean, are they a top 10 team? <sighs> Maybe. They're not as complete. They're better offensively. They're much worse defensively this year. Texas showed me something last week. I mean, they, they I, was, I was worried about them against UTSA after the Alabama game. But after a little bit of shaky start, they turned it on in the second half and they proved that yeah, you know, they, they've got they've got some talent and and they've got some chops. They ended up winning that game by twenty one, covered easily. Now West Virginia is, is bad. Now that that might be that and that game's in Ames. I think that might be as of right now the easiest game on Iowa State's schedule. I, but yeah, I mean, listen, they almost won at Pitt. They lost in double overtime to Kansas. And then they blew out an FCS team. So I don't know if I can say they're bad. Like, how good is Kansas? Like, we know mm-hmm. Pitt's good. They almost beat Tennessee, right? Like, it, they're probably the worst team in the Big 12 right now. I would agree with you there. But, yeah, I, it, yeah, I don't know deal. where I'm going record-wise for Iowa State, but I, I think uh, the elusive 10-win season is at least a dream right now. Is Oklahoma, if we're power rating the Big 12 – I was telling Bloom this last night on our Cyclone Fanatic pod. I was having a few Cody Rhodes late Saturday night, and yeah, I don't know how. How did you stay up for that game? With I mean, how many? You probably had at least seven Cody Rhodes, right? Yeah, Getting you, you probably had the whole bottle done by one thirty. Well, about a whole bottle, but yeah, I mean, we were. I started off with a few pumpkin beers, and then led into the <laughs> led into the Cody Road. I was gonna put out. Just because I'm getting a lot of Twitter play and you know the everything's firing, and I was gonna yeah, you put were out feeling my, it on Saturday night. You were feeling it. I was gonna put out my Big Twelve power ratings just on Twitter yeah. just to get everybody fired up, 
And I started to do it, and I was like, damn, this is way more difficult and way too much thinking that I want to do right now. So I didn't do it. Who would you put? Would you? Is Oklahoma the clear one? Because I had Baylor in my poll. I voted Baylor to win the league this year. I don't think they're out of it, but I think that if Vegas is putting it on there, they've dropped to like four or five, probably. Yeah, that, and that loss at BYU looks a lot worse now after yeah. what uh, what BYU did this week. Um, I, I feel like it's Oklahoma this this season. I feel like it's Oklahoma and maybe Texas. Baylor is, we'll see. We'll see about Baylor. I think they would be number three in my book right now, and okay, and maybe number four behind Oklahoma. Iowa State. Well, Oklahoma State's there too. I just don't know about Oklahoma State yet. They've got the great quarterback, Spencer Sanders, but like they 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 didn't destroy Arizona State. No, Arizona State. Arizona bad. State sucks. They they gave up forty four to Central Michigan. So I I don't know. But you're right. It's it's deep, and I think and this that's what this conference is going to get when you know the four other teams come in. You might be losing some you know the status at the top, Oklahoma and Texas. But man, this league is going to be deep, and there's going to be good games each and every week. The the thing I like about the new Big Twelve is that all the schools, maybe Sands Kansas, they all care about football a lot. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. UCF would be one, that, but I think that that brand is growing, especially now that they have Malzahn. But that's what will be fun about this new league is just how intense these fan bases are about the sport of football. All right, Iowa State 4-0 for the first time since the year 2000. No, 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 no. No, no. They're trying to be comfortable. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, okay. You're, you're already putting that in the win Three, column? 3-0 for the first time since 2012. They haven't been 4-0 since the year 2000. Yes, what were you doing in the fall of 2000? We were the exact same age. so Yeah, we would... so we were uh, sophomores in high school? Yes, sophomores in high school. I had uh, frosted tips. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, I plucked my eyebrows. I actually shaved them. You shaved them? Almost shaved them completely off. Um, lucky they came back. <laughs> I I got a lot of Italian in me. That hair is not going anywhere. Um, I I was I was coming off. I think I I had just gotten dumped by my first girlfriend after a year long relationship. What did you do? To and her? Uh, nothing. She was just bad. Well, who's laughing now, bad right, buddy? News. Who's yeah. laughing now? <laughs> that's honestly that's the only other like serious girlfriend I've ever had besides my wife. I think back to how big of a douche I was in high school. When I was in high school, I I had like a major identity crisis. And where'd you go? You went to Clorinda Academy, right? Stop it. <laughs> if I ever told you the story about Bloom calling the Clorinda Academy girls high school game, yes, basketball. but you can tell it again because yeah. I love it. So Bloom's, Do, does everybody know what Clorinda Academy is? Because well, I didn't. It's no up, longer open. They they shut it down. There there was a bunch of like code violations. So it's is that where they like if you were a horrible kid, like if you tried to burn down a teacher's <laughs> house, they'd send you to Clorinda Academy. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily that extreme, but yeah. Um, <laughs> sometimes the um, so Bloom comes down, and I'm I'm working it. KMA radio down there, which is like a local 
radio station, right? Chris Williams here, KMA Radio, Clorinda, Iowa. We've got the Clorinda Academy Blue Stockings taking on uh, Shenandoah tonight. So it's one of Bloom's first assignments. You know, we're getting his feet wet a little bit. So I, I send Bloom to the Clorinda Academy girls game, and they're taking on, like, whoever. And one of the girls for the Clorinda Academy, they hadn't had a girls' sports, okay? They hadn't ever had girls' sports. We're tr- kind of trying this out. And one of the girls in the middle of the play, decided she was not going to play anymore. <laughs> she was protesting against her coach and just whatever. And she sat in the middle of the floor and just sat down in the middle of the game. And Bloom's, Bloom's sitting there going, yeah, and um, uh, Johnson, Johnson, uh, potentially an injury here for the academy. Uh, she's sitting in the middle of the floor and, and appears to have a cramp. Oh, wait a minute. She's now sitting crisscross applesauce. Uh, she no. appears to be yelling something at her coach. We do have audio of it somewhere. No I'll way. Have to, I'll have to dig it up. Yeah, this girl was just done. Like, she wasn't going to have it anymore, and she started to protest in the middle of the game. And Bloom, being the consummate professional that he is, is he's telling us, he's describing it to us here on the air. It was fantastic. Usually, uh, athletes, they get pissed when you stick them on the bench. But the Clorinda oh, Academy, they get play. pissed when they put them in the game. Yeah, she and didn't so, want to play. And so this was, a, this was a team of misfits? This was like where you send your misfit kids? They're, for the girls, but the boys actually had, had decent So what are the, do they play like the Clorinda Academy? Do they, do they play like good non-prisoners? Or they're like, is there like a prison network of they're not, like child they're not, prison network? They're not prisoners. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what this is. It's like a it's like a home for kids, and they're they're you know yeah like these kids have gotten into a little bit of trouble. They bring them here, and they're 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 preparing them to go back out into society. They're not in prison. Like they're That's not. What like, a pri- isn't that what a, what a prison is too? They're <laughs> they're trying to rehabilitate. Supposedly, and prepare to that, send you back out into. That'll have to be on the John Miller politics podcast sometime um no like at the academy like they're free to like but yeah they gotta like they will try and escape like that <laughs> that does happen every once in a while but yeah they but, play but, against but like normal is, high schools they play oh, against, they do yeah yeah like they'll play I can't imagine that like being a high school kid in, in muscatine and then you just have like the this <laughs> God, these I, horrible see okay you want to know what i was doing in 2000 i was such a dick we would drive by the Clarinda Academy because one of the rules is they had to wave at you. What? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> if a car drove by, they have to wave at you because they're trying to teach them to be kind. What and, if like, they don't wave? Would they get spanked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Van oh, my just, God. That's me in 2000 right there if you're watching the stream. What does that it's, shirt say? Uh, C-Town Seacost? Psychos. The Psycho. C-Town Psychos? What's C-Town? Clorinda? Clorinda, yeah. So you did go to Clorinda Academy. That appears to be before a volleyball game. We were um, all who, getting Who all are those other them. people? That's Jessica and Eddie. Those are my, my friends. What's Eddie, going on why does Eddie hands? Like a... What's that hand sign? See, that's where I was going to tell you about how big of a douche I was. I was having like a, a real identity crisis. I didn't know if I was a cowboy or a gangster rapper. Because you would you would go into my room and I would have like posters of like DMX and like Tupac and Jay Z, but then I would be listening to the new George Strait album. I was in a major identity crisis. I can tell you one thing: my dad hated me. 
I was a disappointment oh, to my yeah. dad. I in think the, dads, in the year 2000. dads hate all 14 year old boys. Oh, we're if the you're worst. 14, yeah. dad hates you. You think you know everything. You look like an idiot. Yeah. I had, you know, that, that was right before I started growing my hair out and I had facial hair and all were that. Were you, you on didn't, steroids? No, I've, I've never you been. You looked like you're on steroids. And like that photograph we saw last week of you and Bloom. You look no. like you're on steroids. No, I was just, I weighed 230 pounds and I I didn't do cardio. I just lifted weights. I was not on steroids. <laughs> uh, I did creatine for about a, a week. Oh, here we go. Wait, what? you never explained what that hand signal was. I think I'm, no, I think I was flashing like a gang signal. That's a uh, real gang sign? I, I think in my mind at the time for a high school kid in Clarinda, Iowa, it was a gang signal. Not like I'm in one, but I probably saw it in a rap video. That's why I said I was a total douchebag. Like but there was I, nothing cool about me in high school. I, I was the worst. That, I, so remember, you know the West Side, the West Side thing. Yeah. So what we would do is we turn it upside down for Muscatine. Oh, nice. The must. Yeah. Matt, can you pull that picture up one more time? I again, like I, I don't know what signal. It's so funny. We have people commenting. Jeff says he's a freshman in 2000. That's wild. Peter's watching. He says, I wasn't even alive in the year 2000. What is this? Is this Halloween? Why is that guy next to you dressed as a penis? (laughs) I believe he deflated a basketball and put it on his head. That's Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) He dressed up as a circumcised penis. And that the girl is she a, is that your mom? <laughs> no man, I was. There's no know. way that's she, a high school girl. Yeah, she's. A, <laughs> no way. Yes, she is. She looks forty. She, she graduated with me. Well, she has a wig on. That's not her real hair. Anyways, um, yeah. So Iowa State has not had a. Four and Wait, start how did you make that, that transition? <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. You're bringing it back together. What were yeah, we doing? Yes, in, uh, there you go. What were we doing in the year 2000? Oh, the Y2K. Y2K. You remember that? Did you do oh, any, anything big for Y2K? No, my, my, my dad wouldn't let me go to the party because he thought it was too dangerous for me to be out when, uh, when everything's going to collapse at midnight. All the computer systems are going to crash. And everyone's just gonna it's gonna be a free for all. Those were interesting times, Christopher. Interesting well, Let me times. ask you this. Real I was quick listening to we'll LFO. Who what do you think was the number one song on the Billboard Hot One Hundred in September of the year two thousand? Uh it's it's gotta be it's like some kind of in sync song. Actually it was Janet Jackson. Make you feel even older. Janet Jackson. Doesn't really matter by Janet Jackson. What? Yep. Oh, come on. I don't even Destiny know what that Child, song is. We got a little uh, Cisco, a little Matchbox 20, Cisco, three doors is down. The, is it the Thong song? No. Apparently, he had another song called Incomplete. There's a Really? Music by Madonna was number two. There you hmm. go. Well, those were the days, Chris. I We were, Total we were six days. hours apart, but uh, boy, I wish I could have met you back then. We could have. Uh, we could have really. We could have had some fun over there at Clarinda Academy teasing the kids. <laughs> Sir, what kind of a dick does that? Drives by there because I know they have to wave at me, and then I drive. And then a I would kid, drive back, it. and they'd wave at me again. And then I drive back, and they'd wave at me again. <laughs> it's horrible. 
It's, but that's it's, what kids do. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it sucks, but I mean, I did some horrible things. Every, everybody's done things that you regret, especially at that age. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you for making me feel better. So the Big Ten West, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Southern Chris, Illinois? Think... What in the hell? Southern Illinois, they go into what? Northwestern and beat Northwestern straight up? Is that what happened? Yeah, by 14. Um, and then, oh, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Charlie Jones uh, has currently has 474 receiving yards and five touchdowns for Purdue. Now, they did lose to Syracuse, but I thought that that note, you know, because we're a local show, local tie in there with Charlie Jones. Thought I would point that but, out. But Purdue's one and two. I still they, think. They gave that game away to Syracuse. Have you watched that? Yes, they I should was have won watching that. the end. They of it. gave yeah. that game away. They did. That was pathetic. They gave up a long touchdown pass with seven seconds left. Do you feel like when you're watching, when you're watching a Syracuse game, that you're watching an arena game because of that dome? Yeah, I can't stand it. It's not. It's not real football. Charlie Jones, thirty-two catches, four seventy-four, five touchdowns. But he's one and two. Iowa's two and one. I'm just telling you what the. Um, I'm That's just telling you what the, to what the Iowa, the, the, the Tavern Hawks are going to be. Uh, I guess I'm one, one of them, too, with what they're going to be saying. Um, I still think Purdue could win the West. Oh, I do, too. They're one and two, and they might be the best team in the division. Yeah, but their losses at Syracuse, which is knocking on the door to the top 25, I would think. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good this year. And, and then Penn State, at home. Penn State just went on the road and killed Auburn. Which Auburn's a disaster, but still, you give Penn State credit for going into a ruckus SEC stadium like that and winning. So, like, yeah, I mean, they're one and two, but like their losses are pretty quality. Iowa's loss is quality. I mean, it's a potential top twenty-five team in Iowa State, but still, yeah, you got to dissect it a little more than that. Yeah, it's it's the offense that's a. (laughs) Uh, We called it on Friday, Michigan State. Absolutely blown out yeah. at Washington. Uh, what, were they, what were they doing almost in the top 10? I mean, is it just because they gave Mel Tucker so much money? People think they're that good? They, they Honestly. Had a, they had a good season last year. They surprised a lot of people. But come on. We need to redo the voting system. And I, I don't know how we do it. But having, I mean, you, you know this being in the media. When you're in a press box all day and then you have to have your deal in by noon on Sunday, it's impossible for these media voters to watch these games. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Now, and a lot of them have... are, a lot of them are, are, yeah, are covering one specific team. So they're entrenched with that one team all day and they don't get to see anything else. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that you ask how Michigan state, there's a lot of group think there. I mean, a lot of these guys probably had never even seen Michigan state play who were voting them near the top 10. Michigan State, fraud. Florida, fraud. They should have dropped out of the top 25. A lot of fraud. Miami, fraud. Is Kansas State a fraud? It'll be interesting. Now, they weren't they weren't highly ranked, but they lose to Tulane on Saturday at home as a 14-point favorite. Tulane, have you ever called Tulane games? Dude, I like yeah. Willie Fritz a lot. I think he's a really good coach. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, I've they called a do, couple, couple Tulane games. They do a lot of like what Kansas State does, where they it, it really it's similar to Iowa in that sense, where they they can limit your possessions and 
they're very efficient and they they just kind of outdid what kansas state likes to do but I, they're kind of like purdue to me though like i i still think that so like they're going to oklahoma this week as a two touchdown underdog like i would play kansas state yeah i mean they lose to really? Tulane, but i i don't well they've, they've had like, a lot of success against oklahoma recently um and oklahoma coming yeah, off that big win at nebraska what We'll see. I mean, I uh, last thing I had for you, I thought it was. I think that the Trey Lance deal is kind of fascinating. The because no he goes down. It it is fascinating to me because so North Dakota State, by the way, um, they had a really fun game late Saturday night. That was honestly what kept me awake. If it weren't for the North Dakota State Arizona State Arizona game, I probably wouldn't have stayed up for Iowa. But I was watching that game. It was really entertaining. Uh, Fish, what's what's the guy's name out of Arizona? He's a pretty good coach, I think. They they uh, they went not to bad. San Diego State and just blew out the Aztecs yeah. to start the season, and then they knock out uh, North Dakota State. Finally, a, a Power Five team beats North Dakota State. Yeah, they're um, not bad. But but so, Lance, that like, that's why you keep Jimmy G. I mean, that's why I, that's why you 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 need to have a good backup quarterback. Because these things happen a lot. What's fascinating to me, though, on the Trey Lance, he's never played. Like, the guy has mm-hmm. hardly ever played football. Warning for he people played watching, for like, sorry. He played for like a year at an FCS school, and that's basically it. Because he was there during the COVID and all that stuff. Uh, Matt Van Winkle, our producer, is a, actually a 49ers fan. You grew up in San Francisco. Oh, he's oh, wearing he's got on Jimmy, the Jimmy G jersey? Jimmy G jersey right Jimmy now. G. You guys are better. Here's the deal. I'm not, I'm not writing off Trey Lance. I have no idea. I don't know how anybody could have any idea about this guy. He's never played football before. And now he's going to be out for the year. Your ceiling is higher at San Francisco now with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. That's just my opinion. I mean, the whole thing in the offseason, I mean, they, they draft Trey Lance last what, last season to fit Shanahan's offense, right? They He wanted a guy that was mobile. He wanted a guy that he could run with. And that's been the biggest talker right now, honestly, in the Bay Area, is that that Kyle Shanahan probably needs to rethink this because the way the NFL is now, you're in, your quarterback one goes down like that. Like you said, Hassel, it's like it's nice they have a, a solid guy that got to the NFC Championship game last year in Garoppolo, but, I mean... The, you saw that play. I mean, I'll play it again real quick, but you saw what Lance was doing. I mean, that's the design. That's what they want, wanted him to do in that offense was to be mobile, to run up the middle. And that's a dangerous play, right? I mean, that you run a guy like that, and that's the, that's the risk you're willing to take. I mean, guys are going to go down, and that's why Brock Purdy's now QB2 there. So um, it's an interesting – it's really – it's unfortunate. I mean, gosh, you, you're his first game in San Francisco as a starter, and that's what happens. It's, and it, it looks like such an innocent play, too. I mean, at first it didn't yeah. look like anything happened, and then boom, your season's over. Now, I would disagree with you, Chris. I think the ceiling is higher for San Francisco if they have Trey Lance because he's more of an unknown. You know what you have in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the floor – comes way up and I think sure you can compete for a division championship and and get back to the Super Bowl because Jimmy G is has done that what two of the last four years he's gotten them to the NFC championship game one time got into the Super Bowl but I think what they saw is a guy that could take them to that next level like the Rams did with Jared Goff Jared mm-hmm. Goff got them to the Super Bowl but you needed a guy with a higher ceiling 
and you needed to, like like a Matthew Stafford to get you over that hump. And and what would they be doing right now had they just cut Jimmy Garoppolo right. like they were were planning on doing? I mean, that's pretty time, baby. Yeah. Th- it, would it be Brock Purdy? The, the I mean, starter? they may have brought in another veteran behind it, uh-huh. which they but, still might do. It, it right. sounds like. Right. But. I mean, Purdy wasn't I mean, Brock even active. Had a good Brock pre-season. wasn't even active this week, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and they let that other guy go, who's now with the Lions, Sudfeld. Yeah, Sudfeld. So, it, there's not a lot of great. What are you going to do? Bring in Cam Newton? Like, I mean, there's not a lot of options out there at this at this hour in the NFL. Real quick, uh, we have one of our uh, listeners asked, "What was the big movie in September of the year 2000?" Mm-hmm. Bring it on. It's described. Oh, wow! Really? A, cha- a, a champion high school cheerleading squad discovers its previous captain stole their best routines from an inner city school and must scramble to compete at this year's championships. Isn't that the Isn't that the Gabrielle Union movie? That's D Wade. Do you wife. You don't even know what? Yes. Is, is this the first time you're hearing about Bring It On, Chris? I think I remember it, but I've never. I've definitely never seen it. I've never seen it, but I know what it is because there's gifts and and stuff. I, by the way, I got over ki- ninety million dollars. I got killed worldwide. over the weekend, Chris, because uh, Andrew Downs tweeted a photo, uh, uh, retweeted this this guy named Big Boy, who was at the Iowa game. Oh yeah, in, in attendance, Outcast. and I, I I didn't know who he was. Yeah, I thought that was. Does his kid play for Nevada or something? Yes, yes. Okay, the the, the why else would Big Boy be? At an Iowa Nevada game, <laughs> yes, his his kid. I think it might be a running back or something. I don't know. I, you didn't I, know who I, Big Boy was? No, I mean I knew. Like when you spell Big Boy like that, like B O I, I knew he had to be a rapper, but I didn't know he was the other half of Outcast. Yeah, yep. Not a big Outcast Out- guy. Outcast uh, was really instrumental in getting the rap scene mainstream in the dirty south They're i thought that was uh group. master p got, got that done well there was a actually outcast was prior to master p by the so way master two thousand atlanta it, based we were talking about what we were doing in the in the fall of 2000 because iowa state has a chance to become four and for the first time since then i was listening to master p i was driving around muscatine mm, a no limit soldier yeah. there's big boy yeah, I was can't, listening to Mass. Can't Poor Iowa guy. get Big Boy from Outcast better seats? Jeez. No, man, he's he's with the enemy. You stick no. him way up top. He's in the he's no, Nevada you, fan. Trust me, Iowa needs every op, needs these every opportunity to come off as cool as they can. Okay, they need to utilize Big Boy being in attendance. Put him up. But he's at a rooting suite. for the other team. He's got the hawk. He's I got the hawk poncho on. He's a hawk fan apparently now. Yeah, he yeah, must have bought that at the punch. stadium or something. Just put that up on a billboard now. Big if you boy were in with college, the Hassel, if you were yeah. in college and you actually had gone to Iowa, is there any chance you're there at the end of that? By the way, you, you want to know why I didn't go to Iowa? <laughs> People make fun of me for not going to Iowa and being an Iowa fan. I didn't go to Iowa because they didn't have much of a, a TV or radio program at the time. That's why I didn't go there. Swear to God, like I, I wanted to go to Iowa, and I ended up going to Iowa State because Iowa's program was sucked. Yeah, so I, I ended up going to St. Ambrose dude. because I could go there and do a bunch of TV, a bunch of radio, call a bunch of games, and that's why. And I and I people just 
make fun Seem of me all the defensive. time. <laughs> it's so funny when pe- like people at work that I work with, when they find out that I didn't go to Iowa. I don't go around telling people I went to Iowa. I'm just an Iowa fan. It's fine. Uh, my There's a lot of people that are fans of colleges that they didn't go to. That Not is Iowa very State much... It's I think if, I think if you're an Iowa State fan, you have to go to that college. I, I, I feel it, like very few people don't go to Iowa State and, and root for Iowa State. You have a reason. It's mom and dad went there and you were raised that, that way. No, my mom you're and dad in, didn't go there. No, I'm talking about Iowa State. That's, oh, okay. that's how Iowa State fans are made. It's you're really high into ag, right? Like there's got to be like some sort of connection. Now that's probably less and less the case now, but back when we were growing up, uh-huh. Like you weren't, you didn't just become an Iowa State fan because one, you couldn't watch their games, and two, they had been yeah. so bad for so long. It was just like, why would you be? Growing up in so Eastern like, Iowa, the only Iowa State game I would ever see is when they would play Iowa. Yeah, well, and we saw them when they played Nebraska and when they played Iowa. It was the only two games that you could generally watch. So, but even back then, like we were thinking about. It. I was talking with Jack Woodford, who. It's my co-host for Psych One Reaction. We were talking about these one o'clock kickoffs that Iowa State has had two of them because they yeah. I tweeted the about that on, on Saturday, and that's what Iowa used to do too. Iowa used to kick off at, at one central for every home game. It's really the perfect game time. Like I love these one o'clock kickoffs, but they'll never happen again because it's just those ESPN Plus games where I think ESPN goes to the school and be like, "Hey, what time would you like to have the kickoff?" If I yes, pretty sure how that works and Pollard. I think has gotten some heat because they've had so many night games mm-hmm. recently that people like that. And but I, I just remember back in the day, even when I was in college, half of Iowa State's games, the only way to consume them if you weren't there was listening to Walters and Heft, and that's in the early two thousands. Like not because you guys had Iowa would always be on ESPN two. Do you remember that? That was like oh, yeah. a big deal when yeah. we were kids. You had to find a way to get ESPN2 because not every right. cable provider had it. You basically had to have a satellite dish. But it's just it's wild how, how far that's come because now every game, like I was I'm, – I'm totally – I'm a sick – I'm a sick man. The Iowa game ended at like 2 a.m. or 1.30 or whatever it was. And I'm like, well, hell – I'm already up, and I downloaded the CBS app to watch the end of the Hawaii-Duquesne game. No. Because that's the only way you could watch it. So now I have your app on my TV. How? You stayed up after the game ended? Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. God, Williams. I don't know how you did that. How, long, how late did you sleep in on Saturday morning? That's a marathon I was, day. I was up by like 9.30. But see, I need my my eight to ten hours of sleep each night. I have to have it. Eight to ten? Oh yeah, have to have it. I don't remember the last time I got ten hours of sleep. Oh man, if I get five or six, like let's go. See, that's why you don't have a kid. You don't have kids. You can sleep. That's fair. All right, good show today. I apologize to any and all of my. Um, people from back home who may have been employed at the Clarendon Academy or God forbid had a child there. I, I gotta know more about this Clarendon Academy. You said it's closed now. They shut it yeah, down. They shut it down. They actually Google it. Some pretty bad stuff went on there. So, Oh God. <laughs> I, I just, I'd never heard of such a thing. We did. I don't, we, we didn't have that in Eastern Iowa. 
I mean, I, I'm sure these... you had them. You... What do you mean? <laughs> the, You're telling me that like there was kid. some like one day our coach could have come in. Hey guys, we're playing. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're playing Lordsville Academy. A bunch of kids who. Uh, Who've been thrown in jail, and uh, now they got together. They they're got a not rag in jail. Tag. They go to like school. They live like a normal life, but they're you know they're constantly. You being, just said that they're, 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 they're that they're <laughs> enclosed in this basically prison, and they have to stand it, outside well, all day and wave is. at every car that drives by. <laughs> it is right next to the prison, actually. Ironically, this enough, was a pri- this was a this was a child prison. I believe for a while they lived in the old mental, <laughs> the old MHI. No. You had a mental hospital there too. Oh yeah, yeah. It really haunted too. Very haunted. Oh my god! Actually, it's a museum now. It's a museum now. If you go in there, they've restored my grandpa's office. My grandpa was the warden. Your grandpa worked at the insane asylum. Yeah, he was like the head honcho there. So if you go in there to the prison or to the museum part of it you can go into grandpa's office and it's restored as to like how he left it there's like a baby picture of me in there was your grandpa one of those people that would like tie the tie the uh the inmates up and like zap them (laughs) no he had he had people to do that for him (laughs) (laughs) amazing all right we gotta we gotta wrap this up get over to cbs asshole all right all right. Thanks, hey, I got Maddie a special treat for for a, for a show oh. close here. So in honor yeah. of Herm, in honor of our friend Herm Edwards, oh, uh, do you guys remember back in the day? This may have been even two thousands. The uh, DJ Steve Porter raps on ESPN when he'd remix yes. popular clips. So yes. he did one for Herm Edwards and the the oh, infamous no. uh, he played to win Pour the game. Pour one out so. for Herm today. <laughs> Hello. You play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game. Oh, man. I said hello, hello. You play to win. I said put your hands up. Put your hands up. Let's go to work. You gotta play like the hair's on fire. When you start doing with me, it doesn't matter. Get out. You're tired. Get your knees bent and accelerate. It's a physical game. So shoot your guns that way. You play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. I said hello, hello, hello. Jesus Christ, how long is this going to go? Is there, are we still going here? My God. Let's get that bo- that guy back on TV. No, yeah. I'm so glad that that's I, I don't I, I don't I'm going to be honest with you that it gives me secondhand embarrassment. I don't like it. I don't like those those DJ Steve Porter oh, things. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't. It makes I, me I enjoyed feel it, Matt. weird. Good. I enjoyed it. Thanks for the pull. By the way, Herm uh, Edwards, great guy. Love him. He, he, I really good on ESPN. TV. He's such a good guy too. I, I'm sorry it didn't work out at Arizona State. It just was not a good match, but. Um, Bring him back on TV. I'll I'll watch him. 
put him in the booth. Oh, absolutely. He's, he, CBS. It'd be great. He he is uh, a great guy. Really cares a lot, and uh, he's. Well, I'm sure we'll end up seeing him on TV if he wants to. He's uh, he's he's very valuable on on that uh, on that platform. Jeff Jeff thought that was a little bit too long too. The uh, you played away. Uh, thanks that was for like, watching. Jeff. It's like four minutes. Chris, you started wrapping up this show at the 52 minute mark, and it's now we're at yeah. the 104 mm. mark. It happens. Thanks for Fairway thanks getting for their money's worth today. Love our friends at Fairway. Uh, appreciate you, Hassel. Thanks, Matty Van Winkle. Great work as always. We will All right, be back this week, on Chris. Thursday. We get we we get to jump into conference play. No more patsies in the non-con. Uh, it's getting well. Real you guys now. get Rutgers, so I mean, yeah, true. Not a real Big I mean, Ten team. Not a real yeah. Big Ten team. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Iowa everywhere.